Parents and guardians, it's time once again for the Fearless Parenting Show. Well, 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 welcome to another episode of Fearlessly Parenting. Today we're back for part two of my two-part interview with Trent McIntyre. Once again, moms and dads, he is here to be a hope for you. He is here to be that light in a dark tunnel to help you help your child and team become the best version of themselves to help them overcome hurdles, whether it's physical disabilities or a focusing issue in school with homework and getting things done. He is here for you. So without further ado, here's Trent McIntyre. Trent, it's good to have you back on for part two. Uh, wow, man, the, the information that you put out, I think it does give our parents hope that they can help their child. I had thought about that eye example that you gave because it's so true. When you go to the eye doctor, I mean, I've sat in a chair. I'm looking straight where the doctor tells me to look. I'm just looking at the letters there. I, they don't want you to move. You got that little chin cup thing. You got to right. put your chin in. You you can't move. But if I remember correctly from the last time, you're saying that movement, uh, the, the thing with the eyes goes beyond visual acuity. It involves yeah. movement. So how can movement, again, how can that help a child with school homework, or somebody even like yourself who had mild cerebral palsy, how could it help them? Yeah, I, I think that the, the correlation that we can make here is that, you know, we all have woke up in the morning and feel like our hips are, our back are stiff. And, you know, it's like, oh, if I, if I could be a little bit more mobile and a little stronger, then I wouldn't have that. Right. <laughs> and so you, you can see, you can see the relationship to that weakness and lack of coordination or tightness. And that's what I'm saying. When you have those weaknesses and imbalances and lack of coordination in the eyes, it shows up with lack of focus. It shows up with dysregulation. It shows up as, as really not having access to all of your strengths that are already there. It, it, it creates this, this barrier. And so knowing that, just, just the idea of like, wow, it's possible to exercise your eyes and to assess that would that doesn't include just being sitting still visual acuity is really important it's just one part right 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 one right. part and there are really really talented visual therapists vision therapists that that kids and adults do see but typically it's it's because the situation is so severe and there's a marked issue with their function in life maybe the reading they just can't read because their eyes are so discoordinated but we're talking about every person, not just the special few that have to go see a vision therapist, but everybody, just like you're going to, you're going to go for a walk. You're going to exercise, do your cardio, do some strength training, like simple movement for yourself, go swimming. You're going to exercise your eyes. You're going to, you're going to, you're really going to discover that not only is that helpful, but you probably have some gaps in the abilities that if you can strengthen and fill them in, you can unlock some abilities. Well, now I, I hear you using the word fun. And in the uh, previous episode, you mentioned a ball. Now oh, yeah. I work with kids in uh, 
Royal Ranger ministry. And I know that for kids, play is their work. And you can even say that for teens like to have fun too. And, and even older people like myself, oh, I yeah. like to have fun too. My wife says that I'm, I'm just a big child sometimes. <laughs> so how, how does this ball and the games that you have, tell us a little bit more about this ball. Yeah. So it's a, it's a bright orange ball and it has um, A through Z and one through 12 printed on it. So if, if you and I were playing this game, we, I would be asking you to catch the ball and then tell me what you see on the ball. And so just the act of doing that is going to ask your brain to sense what's happening, decide what to do about it, and then act on it. So you're going to sense where the ball is. You're going to catch it. You're going to decide that what letter you see or number you see, and then you're going to act on it by saying it out loud. And we're reinforcing that brain processing that's already natural, but we're reinforcing it and then challenging you by having you track your eyes in different directions. So I'll throw the ball to your left and to your right and throw it up and throw it down. You could bounce it off the wall. You could close your eyes and open your eyes and catch it. There's, there's hundreds of games you can play. And that's, that's really what's in the programs is helping you understand, like, how do you get started? How do you, how do you invent your own games? Because ownership is really important here. This isn't about... Yes you know, you doing what I tell you to do, but I want to empower parents and kids to come up with their own games because that 13 year old, you were telling us about yeah. who, who found it, started created her own game out yeah. of it. And the next thing you know, she's sitting up here doing homework by herself. Right. That she's never done before. Yeah. Yeah. It's that, that ownership and empowerment is such a key part of it because a lot of times those, those feelings of, of lack of worth and shame that come with not being able to do your homework or told that you're the bad kid or you're too loud or just be quiet and sit down or you're disrupting the classroom or whatever it might be um, that can keep you really having a lot of negative self-talk that just kind of runs on a loop in your head. So for, for someone to feel like they can come up with their own game and then, wow, that really helped me. So now I can help myself. That's really powerful. It is powerful because those negative words, we think in pictures, Trent. So mm -hmm. we, we hear those negative words. We create all these negative pictures about ourselves, and it doesn't have to be that way. And I hear you telling my moms and dads it doesn't have to be this way, and that we all probably could use some type of therapy like this to help take ourselves to another level physically, as well as our children. And, you know, you should do things with your kids, Trent. You really should. What a thing to be able to do something to help your child and help yourself at the same time. And you're being a great example. Uh, so let me, let me ask you this. Uh, why is it? I think it's, it speaks for itself, but I want you to tell my moms and dads why they should prioritize making uh, these type of improvements with their child or teen. I know you mentioned their self-worth and, and getting rid of those self-limiting beliefs, but what other reasons are there for them prioritizing making improvements with their child? Yeah, so we're, we're talking about like five minutes or less of time and building a practice. That's it? Oh yeah. It's really fast. Wow. That's <laughs> fast. Oh, we yeah. all could do five minutes of, uh, it's five minutes a day. 
It's, it's really powerful. I, I'm very much into measuring results. I want to see what we can make happen. I'm not here to tell you what's going to happen. I promise one of the three things will happen. It's going to get better. It's going to get worse. Or it's going to stay the same. I promise. <laughs> you see, because that's not really my role here. My role, I feel like, is to help shed some light on the importance of sensory training and the importance of making sensory training fun. Because just to come back to what your comment earlier about fun, fun is what keeps the brain paying attention. If, if it's fun, now I'm not going to have a fear block. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be resistant because like, I want to do this. Right. So now you have a reason to continue this practice. So keeping it fun is required. So as you gain skill with the game, you just keep making it more and more and more and more fun. I mean, I, I have a game that I play with my kids where they're at the top of a stair and I'm at the bottom of the stairs. We bounce it off the walls. It bounces off the stairs. It's hard, but they have skill in the game so we can make it that hard and they laugh and it's funny and we try to get it past each other and just just upping the level to keep it fun, playing in the water, playing in the pool. I mean, you take a kid jumping off a diving board, you throw them the brain speed ball and they have to catch it and tell you what the letter or number they see is before they get in the water. They're in. <laughs> You're not going to have to ask them twice. You know, they're going to bring the ball to you and say, hey, will you throw it to me so I can tell you what I see? So. Wow. I think so. Let me ask you. I I teach archery. I'm a USA oh. coach. So if I hear you correctly, I could take my archery students, okay, as part of their warm up, yeah, to do this game and then sit for about five minutes or so and then send them out. Oh yeah, uh, to to shoot oh, yeah. at the targets. Yeah, we've been talking about kids so far, but the the other two programs that are, that I have are was one for athletes and one for seniors. So let me just shift to like talking about athletes hey, for a second. Parents have athletes. Go ahead, brother. I know. I know. Well, for athletes, you're talking about having a specialized skill. And for for I happen to shoot a bow and arrow, so I am familiar with what's required and familiar with the imbalanced nature of it. You know, you're not sitting squared off using both eyes. <laughs> You're turned sideways, one way or the other, depending if you're right or left-handed, mm -hmm. looking down through one side of your face. And so if you have any weakness in that direction and your eyes can't coordinate and see the same thing at the same time, when your head's turned that way, you're not, gonna, you're not seeing the target. You think you are because you, you are seeing something, but it's not accurate. So if you want to improve the accuracy of the students you're working with, you're all right on track. And what you do is you have them maybe shoot five or 10 arrows and then play the game and go shoot the same five or 10 arrows and measure the difference, the difference in how they feel their accuracy, how smooth it feels for them. You know, how, how quick they're able to fire. Cause sometimes um, athletes, especially if they have a ball or a tool they have to shoot or they have to throw or catch um, there's processing time on what they have to do to make it happen. So you might see that what improves for them is by the time they draw the arrow to letting go of it shortens because they don't have to concentrate as long and hard to see where that target is before they fire. So there's different things you can measure. So I, I would just play with it and see what you can measure, but that's a great idea because <laughs> they get proof in themselves. They're like, oh, that made me better. I have to do this. And then they have a practice that they can rely on for themselves. So that's one of the services that you offer, not only helping parents with their children at home with schoolwork and homework and things of that like, but also for these uh, 
boys and girls that play football, mm-hmm. soccer, they swim, yep. volleyball, uh, a plethora of all these different sports. This can help those parents help their child out in those areas too. Man, that's that's an outstanding product that you got there. Well, I appreciate you saying that. I, I'm excited to share it with people because, you know, we, we I mean, I'm a parent and I've done this. We, we spend a lot of time and resources on helping our kids be the best athlete they can. And the, the, the simplest, quickest, just training the eyes for every sport and just understanding the different need for an athlete than just ever, like the kid who needs help focusing because athletes need angle specific and speed specific and dynamic specific interaction with the game. But that's where the programs come in. That's where the programs would be different because it's not, a, it's not the same games for each program. The technique is the same, but you want the games to, to be tailored around the need of who's playing them. So, but I love your idea of measuring and, and I'll just take that measuring back to kids that are struggling with homework or sitting in front of a computer for eight hours or whatever it is that you're measuring. I encourage parents to measure and, and let me give a warning. This isn't a measurement that they can fail. We're not saying like, um, are they good enough? Oh no, you still got work to do or, or no, you're not fast enough. It's just seeing what is. So you can observe, be an observant of what's happening and with there with them. You're not, you don't turn into the evaluator. Are they good enough at the game? You keep it fun too. You're, you, you, you have fun with it as well. Got, got to keep it fun. And it's just saying, hey, you know, as you're making progress, you're able to see the progress that you make so that you become the best version of yourself, not the best version of the person next to you right. uh, on either side while you're, while you're participating in sports. Hey, before we cut out, we, we had talked about uh, children and teens on the autism spectrum. Right. Okay. I, I have a sub uh, who's high functioning, uh, you know, autistic. Uh, he has Asperger's syndrome. Mm-hmm. But how would your program be able to help parents with children and teens on the spectrum? Yeah. This is this is it comes right back to sensory integration, sensory training, and the way that I like to do this is. Um, I'll just tell a story of a young, a young lady that I worked with who I was at a conference and I was basically taking clients while I was at the conference booth. So people could observe the work that I was doing, but then I could have, you know, a real client in real time working with them just to show how it works. So she brought her daughter and um, she has Asperger's and she's on the spectrum. And it was like, okay, but I don't want to talk to her about Asperger's and being on the autism spectrum. I want to talk to her about things that she might love in her life that she wants to get better at. So just a distinction here is like, I I want to see if we can make how she feels in her body improve by focusing on something she loves, not by reminding her that she's other and she's different and it's a problem. And I'm another therapist here to focus on that. Mm -hmm. Right. So I was like, okay, you know, what do you love to do? And she's like, well, I love to dance. And I'm like, well, you, you found the right person. I think I, I know a little bit about this, but it really wasn't about dancing. It was just finding something she loves. So for her, it was dance. And I said, well, what, what's something that you're trying to improve on in your dance? And she said, well, my, my, my ballet teacher always, you know, she says that I, I don't jump high enough and my, my eyes are down and I got to fix this, my, fix my leaps. I'm like, okay, so let's just have you do before test. Do your leaps across the ballroom floor. So she did. And, you know, 
I see what they look like. She feels what they feel like. Mom is witnessing the whole thing. And it's like, okay, let's play this game of brain speed ball. And we play the game back and forth and she's tracking the letters and numbers and saying them out loud. And I'm challenging her to different levels and different speeds and bouncing it off the floor and having a good time myself and her at the same time making this fun. And just a few minutes of that. I'm like, okay, let's try your, let's try your leaps again. And she, she does them. And she's like, what, what did you do? Like what happened? That felt totally different. My, I didn't feel like my head was down. I felt like I was jumping really high. And I said, yeah, it's how powerful your eyes are in improving your abilities. And so I said, what's something else you want to do? And we just played this game of let's just see what we can improve by playing this, this game of brain speed ball. And that was fun. And that's all well and good. But the, the powerful part of the story is that later on, after the conference, I got a very long, beautiful note from her mom. I said, well, what, what you don't know is that before I brought her to see you, the conference was in Las Vegas, by the way, before I brought her to see you, we had been out walking on the strip she wanted to see the strip and it was so much sensory overload that she kind of collapsed in the middle of the road and she had to carry her off back to the hotel room she just couldn't handle the overwhelm and and so then we i brought her to you and you were able to help her with with her her dance and how she felt and kind of feeling empowered and later night later that night she said there's a party for everybody at the conference and it's like a three hours and it's loud music and lights and food and lots of socializing. And she's like, we normally last about a half hour. We go back to the room and, you know, we just call it good. Yeah, and, and she said, Trent, this is the first time in her life we stayed the entire time. And when we got back, she was fine. And to me, that's where it's powerful because I, I didn't want to make it about the thing that made her feel less than the other people look at and see that her different, she's different. But by focusing on something that she loved and improving that, it also affected her regulation. She didn't get overwhelmed. Her, sensor, her senses weren't, weren't fried. She didn't have to go close her eyes and calm down in her hotel room quietly. That was really powerful. So now she has a tool that she can use to just sell all the noise and settle all of the overwhelming feelings. It's just amazing to me. Well, Trent, before we head out, tell us, tell my parents, where they can find you and uh, you know, a couple of the uh, services that you provide. Sure. Particularly so you can, brain ball. Yeah, yeah, you can find me at fireupyourbrain.com. And that's where you'll find the program for kids, there's a program for seniors, and there's a program for athletes. And right now, um, you, you really, I'd encourage you to actually sign up for a free program that I have, it's called Ask Trent. And whether you have the program yet or not, you can sign up for Ask Trent. And what I do is I take questions and you would receive an email. You could ask questions about the program or if you have the ball or you have the program, you can ask questions. And then, I, then I go live and I answer the questions and then share the video with everybody who wants to hear about it. So, so that people know that they're, they're not alone. That's a really important aspect for me here. It's like, it's not about getting a program and like off you go, but you're not alone. And you can ask questions and I can help you kind of guide the way. Yeah, because often we think that we are alone, that we're yeah. the only one dealing with an issue. And yeah. moms, dads, guardians, you're not alone. There are wonderful people out there like Trent, ready, willing, and able to help you with your child. Or if you're a coach and you want to do something positive and uplifting for your students, uh, Trent has methods, ways, and I think that you ought to partake of those and you're going to find 
the links in the podcast description. Well, Trip, we come down to the end of our podcast, but I want to say thank you. Thank you very much for what you brought to the table. You brought your passion. You let parents know where you were coming from and you gave them, which I think is the most important thing out of all this, you gave them hope for their child that they can become the best version of themselves. Thank you so much for having me. It was really a pleasure talking with you. Well, moms, dads, and guardians, that's all that we have for this episode. As always, I want to challenge you to go forth and fearlessly parent. God bless. Hey, moms, dads, guardians, just a reminder, please check out the podcast description. Each week in the podcast description, we put items and links that are going to be a help and a resource to you. And this week, I have a link to Trent's website and the services that he provides to families. So until next time we talk, God bless and take care.